this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters Friday. Get tickets now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. If you want to listen to this episode or any of our episodes ad-free, you can do that now. Head on over to Patreon. Click on the ad-free level. You get all of our bonus shows that you've been hearing so much about. Plus, every single day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, you can listen to this episode or any of our other episodes at the same time, ad-free, over on Patreon. I'm sure you guys have seen the headlines. Josh Flagg and Bobby Boyd broke up. Josh apparently has a new boyfriend. Josh just purchased a new $9 million house that he's had his eyes on since he was young. Apparently, Bobby is Bobby's name is on the deed. Here's an interview with Bobby that we had not that long ago, a few months, less than a year. You know, of course, we talk about Josh. I mean, he makes some reference to the fact that they slept in separate beds, but there's more to it than that. I just always find it interesting to go back to these interviews when like a major breakup happens or a life change happens and really were there signs like could we read between the lines in this interview it's really not that long ago for two people that we thought would be together forever so today we share this interview with bobby boy do you guys see clues and foreshadowing of what was to happen so curious let me know and enjoy Hey everyone, this is David. Welcome back behind the velvet robe. Let's just get right into it today because we are joined by the one, the only, Mr. Bobby Boyd. Woo! I'll clap for myself. And you Trouble. Are... He's he's doing a guest appearance, Trouble's in the corner. <laughs> I mean, I love Trouble. Listen, there's your Instagram would not be what it is without Trouble. He's famous. He has his own Instagram, Trouble the Pooch. How many followers does Trouble have? I saw it the other day, but I forgot. It's It's a lot. I think he, you know, the sad thing is I think he has more than some of my friends. I I, think he has, I mean, that doesn't shock me, Bobby. I think he has, uh, let's see. Oh, you know, Trouble, you got to step up your game. He has 2,400 followers. <laughs> That's not so bad considering. 
Yeah, considering he likes to nap for 23 hours a day. Trouble has the life, right? Yeah, he has the life. Everyone wants to pet him and massage him and feed him. And I'm like, God, I mean, I got to make my own meals around here. It's crazy. What are you up to today? It's earlier where you are in LA. Yes. Uh, I'm an early bird though. So I get up at six every day, regardless of what the schedule is. Um, so I've been up for four hours and we have a late night. Uh, and today, uh, you know, are you, what do I say? Are you aware? Are you familiar with uh, the store Geary's in Beverly Hills? Yeah. And by the way, I am a morning person too. I think we are very, very much not in the norm. I get up at six o'clock every day. I prefer to get up at 5am. It just doesn't happen, but six o'clock is the latest. Yeah. It's well, especially when you live in New York, right? Yeah. I think, yeah. When you live in big cities that are consistently chaotic throughout the day, when you're up early, it's the only time that the city like is peaceful. So for me, I like to get, I like to watch the news, the smell of coffee, and then you go through all your emails or whatever you have to do. So you're ahead of the game when people are just waking up and oh, you're like, please, I'm already, I'm already ready. I'm ready for you. I get it. Same with here. And what did you, what did you do last night that you had a late night? So last night we were just filming some more and then uh, the crew stayed and then, you know, you start making tequila drinks and then the housewives of Beverly Hills. So I had my friends come over for that because we love them. Um, and I had like a, an ice luge, ice luge, like made in the shape of a diamond and we're just cheesy old gay men. So we maybe had a little too many shots. <laughs> we're going to get into, listen, you are, you're very good at homemaking. We're going to get into your new lifestyle YouTube channel. We're going to get into your amazing new aprons, which I have so many questions about, but let's take it back for a minute. So you're, I mean, you're from California originally, right? You grew up up North. Yes, up north, uh, a little beach town called Pacifica. And you come from more humble beginnings, correct? Yeah, uh, my, you, you know, the family itself, I call the family business is the military. You know, they, they all served. Uh, my dad did not. He was a truck driver. And my mom was a, a homemaker. I mean, before she had me, she worked in a bank. But my dad was very traditional in that way. Where he's like, I want you to stay home with the kids, which, you know, I thank God he did because we have all those memories with my mom. But yeah, it was a very what my dad would call it. Cause you never know what's offensive these days. But he always said, Babalu, we're a blue collar family. I'm like, all right. I didn't even know what that was, but that's how You're we grew like, up. And is it true that you went into modeling at 14, like initially really to help pay for college? Yeah, that is true. I mean, I remember somebody in the family kind of entering me in some modeling thing when I was younger than that. I think it was from Macy's back to school. Um, and then nothing ever, you know, nothing ever came of that. But when we're uh, in Union Square in San Francisco, a scout kind of just saw me and, and, I, and I really, I was like, what, me, really? But when my mom started talking to me about it, I'm like, this is a great way to pay for college. You know, like, this is, this is what I'm going to have to do. I'm going to have to buy my own car. I'm going to have to do these things. And, you know, I always had other side jobs, but I was very much aware that it was, it was a great way to pay for tuition. And how was modeling, you know, in the beginning? I mean, was it the stereotype? Right. I mean, I could imagine. I, I could imagine a lot of things, but tell me how it was. It was, you know, I'm grateful, thankful for the agents that took a chance on me. I wasn't like this, you know, when I think most people think of a model, they think of these stunning, drop dead, gorgeous, just exotic looking models. And I was just, you know, like this uh, middle, well, not middle America, but just like this average looking white boy kind of thing from a small town. And I didn't know what fashion was or designers, you know, I wore anchor blue, I think. So for me, I'm kind of like, huh, what? Like, 
I was a fish out of water for sure. Um, but I had a great agent at the time, took me under his wing and uh, kind of was like, okay, listen, Bobby, when you go to castings, you don't wear a suit. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. So I say, not that I was ever as successful as her, nor will I ever be, but you know, Kathy Griffin life on the D-list. I was like, I was like the D-list model, you know? Like I would book, I would be like put on a hold a lot just in case the, the other model didn't show up. Right, I right. booked a lot of catalog. So, but catalog paid good. So I'm, I was lucky to get a job. Did you learn about fashion like through going on all these? Because like, I know you worked for like Calvin Klein and like, didn't you model for Versace also? Yes, but you know, that's all in the bio and it's all true. Uh, you know, it wasn't like I was, uh, what was it, Travis Fimmel, like the, the hot underwear model, you know, right. with the billboards. No, it was just, you know, you did like either print ads and things like that, which is why I say I was very lucky. To, my favorite thing I did was Vogue. I was like, Bobby, That's a big Vogue? deal. I was like, yeah, right. You know, because my agents were like, I remember the one that in San Francisco, he's like, Bobby, you'll be a catalog guy forever. You'll probably make your money in your 30s doing it because you'll age into it. And he's like, but you know, you're never going to be like in Vogue. So when I was in it and I was like, suck it. <laughs> Listen, I mean, Vogue is pretty good. It's about as yeah. good as it gets. Yeah. And with Arthur Elgort, I mean, come on, iconic. So, you know, I was always very much aware that I was in first choice, but at the same time, I, I didn't take it that seriously. If I booked a job, it was great. If I didn't, I had other, you know, I had two other jobs at the time. So it was so- just a, a learning experience and confidence and being independent. And it's a lot more, it's harder work than most people think, right? Yeah. I mean, it's a, for a young guy or girl who gets into it, it's a lot of rejection. It's a lot of, they treat you as an adult when you show up on the castings on, on set and you're kind of, you don't really know what's going on or what to do. Um, but, you know, I'm not going to complain about the other stuff where they're like, well, it's travel and horrible hotels. All of that's true, you know, but yeah. when I was in corporate America, we'd stay in horrible hotels too and make less money. So it's just not Naomi Campbell like everybody thinks. They just think that's what it is. Or right. I guess now, nowadays, God, I'm aging myself. I'm like, nowadays, it's what, Gigi and Bella and, and all Kendall of Jenner. Yeah, no, there wasn't million-dollar contracts and private jets. Definitely not that. Listen, Bobby, when in doubt, just reference a Kardashian and you will de-age yourself back in the right direction. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, Kim Kardashian. <laughs> Although that kind of dates us now too. Now it's all about YouTube and that's where it's over my head. I don't really know a lot of the YouTube stars. I know. Did you see that YouTube just created like a hundred million dollar fund that they're going to award people for like the best shorts that will, you know, whatever they produce. I'm like, what? It's YouTube real. Like thing. It's a real thing now. And TikTok, don't even get me started. Are you on TikTok? Oh, I am on TikTok. It, it's a lot. You're hate. probably good at TikTok. I mean, I kind of hate it. I mean, I... Uh, so AJ and Jason, who I work with, they are like my social media team and they do more than that for the brand and Bobby Boyd living and all of that. Um, but I remember maybe like a year and a half ago, I, it was definitely before the pandemic. And I'm like, you have to get on TikTok. It's the new thing. And I was like, what? What's TikTok? And you start scrolling through and I'm like, this isn't for me. Like, what, what are they doing? And then the pandemic hit, we all had time. So the TikToks are making you laugh. And then you start to realize, oh, I guess I could try this out. I like the voiceovers. It's fun, but Those I can't are do better the dances or anything like, and it really is a way to, if you want to pass time, great. If you want to make yourself laugh, great. But it really is a good way to, to build an audience and build a following for anything else that you're passionate about. It they're, is. they're loyal on TikTok. The dancing, I don't understand it either. I've tried it and like, I, I'm not this uncoordinated, but I just can't do it. It's like, it looks horrible. I'm like, I'm not putting this off. I'm like, first of all, how did everybody become a great dancer? And secondly, how did all of these young guys uh, 
have, you know, 12 packs now. When I was 19, 20, I did not look like these guys on TikTok. I'm like, what's happening? Is there like a secret camp that they're making them? I don't understand. That's what it is. You're just like, if you're hot, you just put yourself on TikTok and it's, it's going to do something. I, I guess so. I agree. I was like, I was feeling good about myself this morning and now, hmm. I'm like, I don't look at TikTok in the morning. I'm like, nope. <laughs> it's a no. no TikTok rule. So how did you get into real estate from modeling? How did that transition happen? Same kind of thing of like when I always knew that there was an expiration date and knowing that it would end, you know? Uh, so I was making pretty good money when I was still living at home and in college, knowing that I was going to make my way to Los Angeles to see where the career could take me. I mean, I was like, I want to be, uh, agents ask you like, what do you want to, where do you want this to take you? And I'd be like, well, I either want to be on a soap opera or, uh, I want to like be a host for E and they're like, okay, well the soap opera maybe, but forget about E. You're, you're not that talented. Um, so I, you know, I had, I it was a great saver. Uh, so when I came here, I was like, well, what can I do to make my money grow? And I became, I was an assistant for um, a successful real estate agent. I'm like, wow, oh, I'm kind of good with this. I love architecture. I love people. I love sales. So that's how I got into to real estate. And then that's what I started using my modeling money for was to invest and uh, start flipping houses and things of that nature. And I just loved it. And is this true? Your first sale was $6.5 million? It was almost like concurrently with a $400,000 condo in Santa Monica. Um, and the six and a half million dollar sale literally happened. I was at a dinner party with my boyfriend at the time. And this older gentleman, uh, he was a scientist, I think at the time, or not at the time, he was a scientist. Um, and I was totally out of my element. And we were just talking. I happened to know the area in the street that his house was for sale. I happened to know the agent he was talking about. So I was saying nice things about the agent. And then I was like, well, I don't know why it's not selling. It's, you know, it's brand new construction. It's a great street. It's on a great block. Uh, has he done this? Has he done that? You know, I was like real estate 101. And he was like, no, he hasn't done any of that. And he literally was like, come to the house tomorrow. I did. I brought my boss with me at the time. So I was still an assistant at the time. And we got the deal. I mean, we got the listing. And I was like blown away. I'm like, what, Bobby? I was 21. I'm like, Bobby from Pacifica selling this house? Did me and my s- boss. <laughs> did you sell it like right away or was it a long drawn out process? My memory, because this is forever ago. I think, you know, we, we sold it within, we were in contract within like a month. I remember that. I remember it was a group of investors buying it and um, we didn't know if they would close because I remember talking to my best friend, Gabriella, who's still my best friend. And I call her baby cakes. I'm like, baby cakes, they removed other contingencies but they're having problems with funding. I was like, I'm counting on this commission. I mean, that was at the time going to be more money than I'd ever seen in a commission. Yeah. You know, like, so I was like, uh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that with it. And she's like, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. You know, they'll fund. And they did. They ended up funding. So it was good. But I was like on pins and needles the whole time. Like, please, there's all these things I want to do. I want to pay off college and all of that. That worked out though. Cause you know, like some people struggle, you know, like when you start as a broker, it's really hard. Very hard. I mean, especially the competition is so fierce right now. When I got into it, it was still around the times of like stated income. So everybody was buying a house. I mean, bartenders were buying a house, anybody. And I say that because usually bartenders, you know, it's a lot of, it's a cash business. So they don't, they don't really have their taxes in order, you know, so to speak. Um, But everybody was buying it. So it was easier at the time to kind of get a client that sticks with you that, you know, the buys it. Because I was young, uh, not a lot of people. There was only a handful of people that took a risk on me as their listing agent. Uh, and I still always like, you know, silently thank them. I'm like, oh, thank you. Because I, you know, 
I probably wouldn't have done it. I'm like this 22 year old, 23 year old. Yeah, right. You're not selling my house. That's the thing. Like you think why, right? Cause like, why would you not go with someone that's like well-known? So that's, that's luck. I mean, you know, hard work too. What did you do with your first big check? Like, did you just pay off loans and stuff or did you have at least some splurge? I splurged uh, the first big check. Um, I, so I had just moved to LA. Ish. It was like the summer of, um, and my parents were moving out of uh, like our childhood house that we like lived in. Yeah. Uh, and they were going to, they were going to downsize and they were on a budget. So I um, got them a really cute, fancy apartment on a golf course, like as like, as a gift, I didn't buy it. It was a rental, <laughs> but it was just That's... a way to say like, thank you, go enjoy, you know, we signed a two-year lease. And I'm like, Please go do this before you really downsize. Um, and that that's, was a really fun moment. That's really nice of you. I'm not sure if I've ever bought my parents even something half of that. So that's pretty good. <laughs> well, I, had, I had amazing parents. So, <sighs> you know, I, I, I was pain, not painfully aware, but I was just very much aware growing up. Why is Josh's phone going off? Um, I was very much aware growing up, you know, what they sacrificed and their struggles. And so I just always knew that I wanted to, you know, pay it forward with them. What do you love best about real estate? I think the people, the connections, you know, I love, that's why I love being, that's why I like working with buyers more than sellers. You do. Sellers, it's, you know, for the most part, their number one asset, right? And they're biased about it. And so there's a lot of tension usually, you know, they want more for their house than it's worth. And, but with a buyer, you're able to kind of hand, you know, hold their hands through the whole process and it's exciting for them. It's going to be their number one asset realistically, but you know, there's just a little bit more power when it's, uh, when you, it's the buyer versus the, the seller. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Do you ever ask yourself why are so many dogs suffering with health issues? Well, actress Katherine Heigl, who's helped save over 1,600 dogs through her foundation, says she's seeing more issues with dogs' joints, odors, and health than ever before. And after doing a ton of research, says there's one place we can look to support any dog's health, their food. So she decided to create something she could actually feel good about feeding her dogs, and it's called Superfood Complete. Superfood Complete is the only food I use for the dog in my life, Doherty. Why? Because Doherty's health is so important to me. Doherty is so picky. The apple doesn't fall far from the tree. But he loves this dog food. What do I love best about Superfood Complete? The fact that it's made with over 30 of the healthiest ingredients on the planet. But don't take my word for it. Go to badlandsranch.com velvet in order right now to get 50% off your regular priced order with a 90-day money-back guarantee. If you want your dog to experience all these incredible things, go to B-A-D-L-A-N-D-S ranch.com slash velvet today. It's sandal season and that's something I used to wait all year for. But now with the new Croc style sandals, I embrace those feel good summer vibes all year long. 
And you can too. I love Crocs' new getaway sandals. With their new feel-free technology, they're so light and soft, it feels like you don't have shoes on at all. It's like walking on clouds. They're Brooklyn sandals. They're so stylish and sophisticated. They have a classic style and a modern simplicity. And let's not forget their new Miami sandals. They're an elevated silhouette and they have a slight lift, which I love. So thanks to Crocs, these aren't just sandals for a single season. You can wear them year-round. And that's what I love best about Crocs because being this comfortable transcends a single season or a single vacation or even a single moment. It's a mindset. Thank you, Crocs. And right now you get 20% off your next purchase at crocs.com. Just use the code sandals20 at checkout. That's sandals20 at crocs.com for 20% off your purchase. I've been so busy lately. I've been neglecting so many things in my life and my hair is no exception. I don't even want to tell you how long I've been going between washes and trying out all sorts of freaking new products. But I had finally had enough of this and I'm like, listen, it's time to get serious. And I hit the reset button with clarifying detox shampoo from Way. What I loved almost instantly about Way's detox shampoo was it felt my hair afterwards so luxurious, clean, refreshed. I honestly felt like I started to reverse the damage I had done. And I love the smell, rose, lychee, cedarwood, mm, white musk, bergamot, yum. When you're ready to undo some damage, hit the reset button with Way Detox Shampoo. Go to T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and use code VELVETROPE to get 15% off your entire purchase. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, code VELVETROPE. Oh my God, I'm obsessed with Peloton. It's just that simple. It's my go-to for working out. What I love about Peloton, it pushes me with so much new. New on the Peloton Bike and Peloton Bike Plus. I am obsessed with music and that is, who can work out without music? Not me. I love that I can work out to music of a single artist, Madonna, Cher, yeah, I know I'm stereotypical, for an entire class, or you can pick a genre, pop, hip-hop, EDM, 80s. There's over 100 artist series to choose from. And I don't know about you, but I'm not working out anywhere without my favorite music. Peloton is constantly adding new classes. They even have boxing now. Peloton has a workout for every day and every schedule. You could de-stress after a long day with 30 minutes of strength or 20 minutes of cardio, whatever you're craving. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. That's O-N-E-P-E-L-O-T-O-N.com. How is the market now in LA? I mean, like I know, did a lot of people leave LA the same way they left New York? Is it coming back? Is it a buyer's market, a seller's market? What's going on? A lot of people left. I think they all went to Austin, Texas, or they all went to Las Vegas. I mean, they all went, they all left. But I mean, the market's on fire. It's, I would say you can still get great deals, um, but it's still sort of like a seller's market. I mean, people, the inventory is scarce as far as what's great. There's a, you know, there's a lot of inventory on there, but nothing that, that's amazing. You know, it's a lot of, of these brand new construction homes that all look the same, the farmhouses. But if you have a great property, I mean, it's going to go into multiples and, you know, you're, you're going to make good on your investment. That's similar sure. to New York. Like the prices came down-ish, but I mean, it's New York. Like there's no, you're not going to swoop in and get some huge deal that no one else in the world is getting. It just doesn't work that way. And, you, and buyers still think that they still think they're going to get the five million dollar house for three. You're like it's not, it's not like that. No, it will never happen. Like no, 
there's a gazillion people in the world with a gazillion dollars. Like it would, if it was that simple, someone would just come in and buy it all up and we would move on. So it's kind of the same thing. Like prices came down a little bit, but not so much. Especially like this little area I'm working in now, I have a listing. It's, uh, it's like one of those um, like HPOZ like neighborhoods where, you know, everybody kind of wants to get into. And it's, you know, these houses are going like a hundred grand over like asking easy. Wow. And I'm like, wow. And they're, I'm, they're like, well, we're going to be here for 10 years. So we know we're going to eventually like, you know, catch up. And I'm like, okay, that's wow. what the market is. Fair enough. That's, that's great though. So you were in real estate back when million dollar listing came on originally way back in the day. Oh yeah, actually it's true. Did you watch the show? Like, did you, were you aware of it? Were you like, did you remember there was a buzz about we're casting this? Like, or were you no. kind of just not into all of that? And you know, no, I didn't. I, I, I don't think I did know about, I'm trying to remember. I don't think I did No, Um, and I didn't watch it. I mean, I had met Josh before he started filming the show, like through mutual friends. And I do remember like seeing him like on Facebook posting about stuff when he started filming. I'm like, Oh, what is that? So I've watched like, I think a couple clips here and there, but at that time I wasn't actually really into reality TV. So I wasn't watching, you know, too much of it. Plus, you know, I was in the hustle. So I was like out every night, like every 22 year old, <laughs> Listen, it's good for business when you're in real estate to go out at night, right? Yes. Which is why I kind of took a sabbatical from it, like uh, in my mid-20s. I'm like, I'm tired of going to dinners I don't want to go to. But that is, it's the game. You have to be out. You have to be social. And you're always, you know, you're always working. You're always talking about your business or, you know, your farm. And like, I think a lot of deals happen over, you know, or at least like it leads to a lot of things at night. I always, I truly believe that like a lot happens over a cocktail. It does. Like I mean, it does. I, was, I have a couple of friends getting into it now. And I said, the best thing that you can do is pick an area, an immediate market. You study it every single day. You learn what's on the market, what they're selling for. All, you learn the inventory. So that way, when you're at dinner parties or cocktail parties or whatever, people are like, what do you do? What, you know, what market do you work in? You're able to talk about, you know, what's happening in that area. And sometimes like, oh, you know what? My friend's looking over there. They're looking for a good deal or they're looking for something off market. And then you got it. It's not the days are over where someone's like, I'm looking to buy a house in West Hollywood. Uh, find me something. Everyone wants something off market or everybody wants the deal or, you know, so you really have to be in the know. And do you find people are like really that specific now? Or cause like every time I've bought and sold in New York, my agents were always like, you're, you're the dream. Like, you know, exactly. You want to live in just this area. You know, I, I thought I was being picky. They're like, no, it actually, that's better because you've narrowed it down. They were always like, you know, if you were so broad, that's a much harder search. Like, what do you want? Up, Upper East Side, Tribeca, what? Like, how is that all the same? I was it, like, no, I want to live between this street and this street. These are like seven buildings I think I want to live in. They're like, this oh, is a dream. Yeah. You are a dream. That yeah. is a dream. I, I just love real estate. So I come like knowing what I'm doing. It's, a, it's, it's what I know. Like, it's the best thing that anybody can do with their money. I believe, you know, if, you know, in New York, you guys are buying apartments and that's the way it goes. But over here, we say buy dirt, just buy dirt. It's the best thing you can do. Stock market's great if you study it, but like I would have told my friend yesterday, I was buying some crypto and I'm like, it's like I'm in Vegas without the cocktail because this is a gamble. Like, I'm just going to see where it goes. But you know, with, with great cities that we live in, you know, that the, the value will, it will always fluctuate, but it's always going to go up. Totally. Always. Do you have a favorite area of LA or like favorite areas? Uh, I mean, I really love larchmont area and hancock park I, I love the the homes there especially like the, the big properties but um because they're just like it was like the original beverly hills here i mean just stunning giant lots like these amazing 
estates that they built, but Larchmont is a cute little like family area where, you know, like uh, the gays are gravitating towards a little bit, especially the ones that are having kids. And it's just, for me, it looks like something like out of like a Netflix movie, just perfect little streets and farmer's markets every weekend and Noah's bagels. So I really love that area over there. I love that. So you met Josh as friends or you met him way back when, and then how do you go from that to like having your first date? I know there was a big gap in there. I mean, we saw Josh a million dollar listing with someone else originally. So how do you go from that to you ran back into each other? You kept in touch throughout all those years? Yeah, it was kind of like we, we connected like, you know, when we're both somewhere around 21 ish and he was already with his, his ex. So there was, I think when I say there was a connection, like we kind of at the time had the same sense of humor and he was just a cool guy, you know? And so we would see each other out and about over the years, but nothing, you know, never thought anything. He had a boyfriend. I was certainly, you know, not looking to be the other hat or the other person. This, what do they call it? The side piece? The side <laughs> was, piece, yeah. the third wheel. I mean, there's a lot of yeah. things we could call it. Ruffles weren't really around then. So I wasn't, you know, I wasn't looking for that. Uh, but we'd always see each other out. And then years later, there was always like a fun flirtation. Um, and then cut to like, I was selling a, a house uh, in Malibu one summer and we kind of connected that way. He was just, oh, I see you're selling a house. Uh, we should meet up. I'm in Malibu all summer kind of thing. And it, it just unfolded naturally. And then you asked him out. He asked you out. Oh, Give me the asked- dirt, Bobby. Come on. <laughs> I mean, we've said it before, so it's not like I'm spilling. No, you guys have. Tea, but he was on his way out of his relationship. Because like, he would say, let's go on a date. And I'm like, Aren't, don't you still have a boyfriend? And he was like, yeah, but it's not like that. Like, you know, we're just, you know, we can do what we want to do kind of thing. And I was like, that's great if you guys can do what you want to do. But I'm single and I, I, have, I don't want to be entangled. Like, so no date for me. I'm like, we can go have a drink, but I don't want to go on a date. And so eventually... Uh, he had told me like, yeah, you know, we're taking a break or whatever. Let's go on a date. And I was like, all right. So we, we went on a date. I remember talking to my mom and this is not shade towards Josh. I knew him as like this, you know, playboy. So I wasn't expecting a gentleman or a romantic. I was expecting, you know, this guy that I knew. So I was telling my mom, I was like, I'll call you back in like an hour and a half. You know, this date's, you know, it's going to be quick. And it wasn't, it was like, he was a complete gentlemen it was uh it was a great first date at dantana's and we had jack and diet cokes and we split a chicken parmesan and it was like it was like yeah it was amazing chicken parmesan is one of the greatest pleasures in life so solves everything especially Uh, from dantana's oh it's It's, so good it's good from dantana's so see this is why you have a husband because you didn't want to be the other woman you were you were a proper girl you waited (laughs) like that's see yeah yeah, is this, is I mean, this how you do it? You're supposed to just say no until it's appropriate. Okay. You say no. Who wants to be another, I you know, know, when you're younger, you do whatever you want, but I didn't want to be another notch on the bell. I was like, I was single for six years. What was I going to do that for? Yeah, right. You know, when you're, you can hook up with whoever you want, not somebody who's in a relationship. So, right. So you had a it, great first date. We did. It, it went on forever. And then it was just like this, something like out of a movie. I mean, we were both giddy. I think we were both ready for something different in our lives. Like I wanted someone romantic and, and confident and secure with themselves, which was really hard to find these days. And he was looking for somebody that kind of wasn't in his circle and wasn't out and about in the gay bars all the time, which really wasn't my cup of tea. Um, and so we really just had a fun courtship and it was, uh, you know, it was very cheesy, but 
great at the same time. So how do you go from that to being on a million dollar listing? I mean, I, I, I know you're part of his life, but like, you know, <laughs> does he come home and just say, sweetie, it's time. The cameras are coming and we're working in. You're not I going re- anywhere at this point and you're clearly with me. Just get ready. He's like, get ready, get mic'd up. Right. No, I, uh, I actually remember when it all kind of came about because uh, we never really talked about the show, like when we were dating, which I liked because I thought, oh, good. He doesn't have an ego or it's not a big part of his life. Um, and I remember and he probably so- liked that you didn't talk about the show either, because I mean, you know, let's just break it down. A lot of people could be on a date with him and just be like, you know, when can I be on camera? Yeah. Yeah. Put me on. I mean, right. I, I've never been on reality TV before, except for like a little Kimura thing, like in real estate. But I was very much aware that, you know, real, uh, real estate, reality TV is not the best in terms of like, I didn't want to be on reality TV because I thought, well, I'm used to them trying to make you look bad or, you know, make you the butt of the joke kind of thing. Like, it's not like they'd be like, put Bobby on, he's going to be amazing. So right. uh, what, what most people don't know is like, you know, so Josh and his ex were living at the Four Seasons. So when that yes. all went down, he actually, which was the strangest, I can't believe we did this. And he was like, well, I, I'm going to move in with you. And I go, what do you, what do you mean you're going to move in with me? Like, we have to date first. He's like, no, I have to sleep with somebody like every night. Like I can't, I'm like, okay. And I'm like, all right. I was like, well, I guess fair enough. If you're just bringing clothes, if it doesn't work out, you go back to the hotel, like no drama. Right. Cause like, we're all mushy gushy in love. So I'm like, yeah, this is great. Totally. Um, so we were laying in bed and he said, so would you ever film my show? And I was like, what do you mean film your show? I was like, like a date or he's like, no, I want you to come on the show. And then I was very adamant. Like, no, I was like, just got out of a relationship. I don't know if I want to put my life on, on show like that. And I didn't want, I knew what was going to happen. I was going to get hate. There was going to be all this judgment. I didn't want it. I was a quiet person. Um, but he talked to me, then his producers talked and said, no, it, it will be super normal. Like it won't be anything that you don't want to do. And then his, uh, his mom talked to me a little bit. So I said, okay, fine. I'll film a couple things. And then it just kind of, became like a natural thing. I mean, it is a big part of his life. So my rule was just don't ask me to do anything that I don't want to do. So is it his mother that convinced you? Like if mom's involved, like, okay. Well, you want to please the mother for sure. I mean, you want to please the the in-laws in general, but you know, happy mom, happy life. (laughs) And wait, Josh said to you, I have to sleep at your house because I don't want to sleep alone. I have to sleep with someone next to someone every night. Yeah, he, he, that's what he needs. It's, it's still like that. Like, it's still like if, you know, if he's up super late in the master or whatever, it's, we kind of took a page out of his parents' book where I created a second master, which is what I'm in now uh, with the room. Like I get ready and I need straight sleep. Like I need, you do. I don't, I don't always get it, but I need like an eight hours of like com- complete, just comatose. <laughs> That's really? what I mean. With him, he's up and about. So sometimes like, I'm like, all right, I'll come into the, the, the guest room. And he's like, but I can't sleep. So he'll wake me up like at three, four o'clock in the morning. Say it's time to go to bed. <laughs> I'm like, all right. So Treble and I scoot over, and that's you, how he sleeps. And you're already sleeping. But that that's not that makes sense to me. Yeah, it's kind of what his parents do. His dad stays up super late as well. His dad's like up reading, you know, till three, four o'clock in the morning. Then he goes to bed. So Josh doesn't get up early in the morning with you. No, no. He did in the beginning, which is you know, with every marriage, that's why you have like you're like you get to know each other. Totally. Uh, in the beginning, I would, I was still waking up early because I had a corporate job at the time and he'd have coffee with me. And then when I leave, he'd go back to sleep. But no, he's, 
he's a, a laid out or whatever you call that. <laughs> so you're how you had was filming what you expected it to be. Do you remember Tuesday, September 20th, 2016? Because we do. Because it's the day This Is Us premiered after more than 70 million of you watched our trailer and made our show go viral. I'm Mandy Moore. I am Chris Sullivan. And I am Sterling Brown. We are your hosts of That Was Us, a rewatch podcast starting May 14th. Listen to our episodes wherever you get your podcasts, and you'll be able to watch our episodes on the That Was Us YouTube channel. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Everyone who knows me knows that I'm obsessed with keeping my teeth white. White as white, white as possible. Listen, I've tried a lot of other things, and it's not just that, that they didn't work. I wasn't really sure that the products were so safe. Well, listen, now I've discovered Lumino. Lumino products make me feel healthier, safer, and happier about my smile because my teeth are white. But listen, Lumino isn't just for teeth whitening. Lumino makes toothpaste, mouthwash, and of course, teeth whitening. They use purposeful and uncompromising ingredients such as sea salt, aloe, and coconut oils to clean and brighten my smile. Everything they make is certified non-toxic. That's what I love. No harsh chemicals or bleaches in any of their products. Also, as far as the teeth whitening, it only takes 30 minutes, which is great. And it brightens your smile with no sensitivity. You don't get those little zingers you're used to with other products. Find Lumino on Amazon.com and get $7 off today. That's L-U-M-I-N-E-U-X. Remember, it's spelled with an X so you can X out the harm. Lumino, dedicated to illuminating better ideas in oral care. This episode is sponsored by Skillshare. Skillshare is the world's largest online community for creativity. Members around the world turn to Skillshare for discovering inspiration, learning new skills, and putting their talents to work in ways that they care about. When I first turned to Skillshare, I wanted to take a class on entrepreneurship. But man, I got lost in the rabbit hole of Skillshare in a really good way. They have so many classes to choose from, and it's such a nurturing, fostering community of creativity. The best class that I just took was productivity for creatives. There are freaking not enough hours in the day and I am always trying to find better ways to be creative. I didn't think it was possible, but this class really helped me. And they cover so many categories, illustration, graphic design, photography, lifestyle, productivity, my personal favorite, marketing, music, entrepreneurship. Need I go on? Explore your creativity at Skillshare.com slash velvet and get a one month free trial. That's one month free at Skillshare.com slash velvet. It was, the process was better than I expected. I thought it was going to be a whole different situation, but it really is reality, you know? I mean, they mic you up, but they, then they follow you like whatever you're doing. So for the most part, you know, I, I was like, oh, okay. And they, and when you watch it back, you're like, yep, that really happened. Yep, that, you know, like all these things of, I'm sure Housewives is very different, but and they're like, oh, I was edited in a different way. Yes, you don't see everything, but it's, it was much easier than I thought. So when did you start working at Rodeo Realty? Were you like, you know, 
we're living together. We're no. dating. Was that was that going to be too much, Josh? I mean, like, how, how, did, how did this come about? It, you know, well, I don't know how dark we want to take this, but that year, um, I had to take. We like, could take a it sub- as dark as you would like. <laughs> I had to take. I, I had someone. Like, I had a housewife cry on here yesterday to me. So go on. Oh, no, that's not good. An ex housewife. Oh, from, oh. from Beverly Hills. She was crying oh. about something else. It wasn't about the show. Damn, she got. She really got deep. I was like, but, you can cry. It's fine. That year, so it was after we got engaged, um, I had to take like three months off of work because my parents were both sick with cancer and it was getting worse. And so as, as we're like kind of going through that and then they had both, you know, eventually passed that year, we were kind of like looking at each other and I was like, okay. He was like, well, wh- what do you want to do now? And I, I only went into corporate America to have a secure kind of income for my family. I always wanted to make sure that I had enough to take care of them and so on and so forth. Um, all along the way, still kind of doing real estate deals with my friend Gabriella. And I was like, you know, I don't really have the pressure anymore. I'm like, you can take care of yourself. I can certainly take care of myself. I was like, I think I'm going to go back into real estate with Gabriella full time. And then that kind of started the conversation. And it was like, well, why would you work with her and not me? I'm like, well, because you're my fiance and we probably have different styles and, you know, all those kind of things. And he's very convincing when he wants something. I mean, I would imagine that I would imagine that doesn't shock me. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of the things that I thought would happen did happen. Conflict, uh, people assuming that I only got into real estate because of Josh, not even thinking that I did it before. Just, you know, all the things that I didn't want for my life. Like I didn't want that. I'm like, you know, I've spent a lot of years hustling and working and I just didn't want people to think, oh, this was handed to me. But, you know, there's bigger problems in the world. So we went through like the growing pains of it. We, you know, we started working together, doing deals, this and that. And then we just learned, okay, we'll keep it under the same umbrella, but we'll have like separate offices, separate teams. And for the most part, the deals I do, um, he'll, I'll advise them about it. Like I'll tell them like what's going on, but we're not kind of negotiating together. That's good. Yeah. What about like when you said you were on the show, like right away, like you got you know, listen, everyone gets hate. You could fly in on a, a unicorn with rainbows. That's my famous saying. And you'll still get hate. But right. like, what was the hate? Like, oh, you know, oh, Josh has a lot I of mean. money. You're using Josh for money, for fame. I mean, I'm just stating the obvious. I assume that's what it was, right? Yeah, it was a lot of like who I, who I wasn't, which I can take. You're ugly. You have a giant forehead. Your hair's horrible. You're fat. You're not that cute. Whatever it is, I, that's easy. But the whole, I was using him for his money. I was a gold digger, all of this, you know, and the whole time I'm thinking, wait a minute, if I was a gold, he pursued me heavily. I said no so many times because of his situation. I'm like, he's living in my house, but nobody knew that. So I'm like, where is the gold digging? And last time I checked the gold digger didn't work or whatever it was. So it was just hard, like, because my family would see it, my friends would see it. And then they would always comment on it. Oh, did you see what these people are saying or whatever? And I'm like, I, 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 I. I was like, honey, if I wanted to be a gold digger, I had those chances in my early 20s. Okay, I could have really married like, you know. Totally. So, yeah, so that was unfortunate, but it came with the territory. And then like, did, did you just learn to not let that stuff bother you? I think eventually people started to do their own research and, and saw that I had a career before him, that I was successful in my own right before him and, you know, those kind of things. You still see it every once in a while, but that's just somebody who's either a, a robot, you know, those internet bots or whatever, or it's someone who's just, you know, angry at themselves and they're just trying to 
you know, perpetuate hate. I, I don't pay too much attention to it anymore. I'll see it every once in a while. I'm like, oh my God, I'm like, get more creative. What's you just learned to deal? deal with it. Yeah. So when did you get into reality TV? I mean, besides the fact that you're on it, I mean, now, like last night you were excited for Beverly Hills Housewives. I mean, how oh, yeah. did this all come about? God, when did, I mean, I started watching Housewives from, I think, Orange County. I, I was uh, doing a little short stint in New York for a couple of months before I moved to London. And I remember seeing the first billboard for Housewives of Orange County thinking it was kind of like Desperate Housewives. I'm like, what, what is this? You know? And I remember uh, watching it when I got back, when I moved back from London, I'm like, oh, this is hilarious. And I think that just, I only watched Housewives, like as far as reality TV at the time, besides maybe... I think it was off the air then, like Simple Life, I really love with Paris and Nicole. Like, it's a classic. That made it's a classic. Laugh. Right? I rewatched it during the pandemic. I'm like, this was, this was good TV. This that was and like Laguna Beach and The Hills are the absolute best reality shows ever. And it's back, right? The, the Hills came back or something. I never got into that show, but oh, you I, was, I always knew about it because those they were like the hot commodity around town at the time. They were, you know, paparazzi'd out every every night they were going out and they lived in the same building I lived in. So I was like, you should watch The Hills New Beginnings. I mean, is it as good as the original? No. Is it pretty close? Yes. Spencer, really? Heidi, Audrina. The last season, Misha Barton from the OC was on it. Oh, wow. It didn't work out for Misha, but we've moved on. It's didn't work out for her. She wasn't a good fit with it. You listen, you know, I listen, I think it's hard for an actress to go. Very few do it as well as Lisa Rinna. I mean, it's a hard oh. transition. I like, right. That's, that's I stand the classic. For Lisa Rinna. I love, she brings it every time. Love Kathy. She looks amazing. She was a great addition. Love it. Love, I mean, everybody kind of brought it. We, we've become friendly with Crystal. Uh, she's one of the other newest housewives. Yeah. I mean, it's great. I'm going to rewatch it because when you have like a group over, you kind of, you can't hear everything or really get into it. Well, you certainly know how to entertain at your house. I know you just had a big party. You had Sonia yeah. Morgan there, Heather McDonald. Tell me about that. And how did you get into, I mean, this is probably why you have your own YouTube channel. Uh, Tell me about just entertaining at home. I mean, how did this come about? Well, the party came about because of Josh. So Josh likes to entertain as well in a big way. And his friend, Nikki Haskell, was turning 80. And he's like, we should throw you a big party, you know? It's what they used to do in the olden days. Like your, your, your close friends would throw you this extravagant party in Beverly like Hills. Like old Hollywood. Yeah, I'm like, you know, I'll buy my friends a cake and get them a DJ or something. But Seriously. So he started planning it. Uh, and, you know, I had nothing to do with that party per se. Um, because but he used like like our party plan and all of that so i would get like the little ends i'm like okay what santa it was like it's a nikki beach theme great what's the guest list and i started looking at the guest list i'm like candy spelling heather mcdonald melissa rivers i'm like oh dear i'm gonna have to be on my best behavior so for me uh like my number one rule is if i have a lot of people coming to my house and i don't know them that well i don't drink so really? that's part i think that's part of being a good host and an entertainer is you know the first thing is you need to to be on your, you know, your A game because you know, they're coming to your home. You want to make sure that they're comfortable. They have a drink. You want to make sure that you take their coat if they have it. We have people that are helping us, but you're the host. So you want, you want to make sure that you're one of the first faces they see. So they feel comfortable. And it was like a stunning, exquisite party. I mean, he did a good job. You take hosting there. I don't know if I could do the no drink, but can't you just have like a sip of a little rosé throughout the night? And that's not my drink of choice. My drink of choice is a nice martini. But like if you're trying to Yum. keep it light, right, yes. like a nice martini. You can. I like over caffeinate on those things. So 
it's just, it's like my thing. It's like usually when anybody's hosting a party, whether it's for five people or 50, it's you're excited, you're a little nervous. And so when you're getting ready, you're drinking a little champagne or you're drinking wine, whatever it is. By the time the party starts, then you have your welcome cocktail. And then before you know it, you're a little buzzed and the party's just starting. And I don't like, for me, I don't like that feeling. I want my guests to see that I'm, I'm with it. And then, you know, as the night goes on, you can have your fun. Is that how most of your parties go? You're kind of the, I'll greet you. I'll be sober. And Josh just does what he wants. He's, he's like a, an expert at that. He can, he can do anything. I mean, he, with that, like he, he's not exhausted when he wakes up in the morning after partying all night, he can drink eight glasses of wine and, and still go out there and be social. Once I start getting a little buzz on, like yeah. I'm kind of like chill, I'm like in a chill mode. And so then I'm maybe not as like attentive as I should be, but you know, I've had, I had a Cinco de Mayo party and did the same thing, made sure everything was great, greeted everybody. And then, you know, started doing shots of tequila and jumped in the pool naked. It was great. Well, you guys do have a lot of parties. I know you're great at like home decor, Christmas at your house. I mean, you do oh. great, right? Like, yes. Is that how your lifestyle channel came about? I mean, tell me about that. So the channel came about uh, mainly in part like to, to AJ and Jason who work at Limitless um, because, you know, we all had time during lockdown and I've always been someone since, since I got my first house, I, and my friends, I was the one that always spent the most money on the house, like instead of traveling or whatever it was saving, uh, you know, I had no business living in some of the houses I did like when I was younger, but I always wanted to create a sense of home and stability and all of that. So I always hosted the, the Thanksgiving parties. I always hosted the Christmas parties. And so when we had time to kind of shut down and I got, I had time to create recipes again and cook everybody was filming it, right? How many banana bread recipes did we see? And then it just changed like my engagement on social media and like all of the um, interest. I was like, there's people really interested in this. Like, this is what they like to see. And they said, yeah. And it was because of their encouragement, Jason and AJ, that I was able to have the confidence to be like, okay, you know, I didn't think anybody would want to watch this. Um, So we started filming more content and more content. and, And it's just been fun to connect with a different group of people that I, I probably wouldn't, you know, really be engaging with. I, I, I write back on comments, direct messages. I write back. They show me the recipes that they're recreating. It's created like a fun little family for me uh, and, a, and a good outlet. Like I love cooking. It's how I show love. You do. Um, and that's how the channel came about. You just love being in the kitchen. I mean, I couldn't be in the kitchen for a minute. I would go crazy. Like you so just you, love. You, is no. it because you're anxious? Is it because you don't think you're going to burn everything? Or just food has doesn't the time. interest you. I mean, food <laughs> yeah. interests me. A chicken parm at Dantana's interests me. I mean, order out, go out. Like, yeah. I once had, I mean, I've had much bigger apartments in New York than I live in now. I had one apartment, which was so big. And I was like, every, I had outside space. I was like, every Friday Ooh. night, I'm going to have like 20. Yeah, it was like 2,500. It was ridiculous. And then eventually after living there for a year, I was like, yeah, like, who do I think I am? Like I had visions when I bought this apartment of having everyone over every Friday night. And I'm like, let's just go out. Like, let's just, <laughs> there's is. eight. It's what, why? I don't want you coming here. So I realized I'm just not a home entertainer. I'm a great guest and I'd rather just go out. Like, let's go you, out. You would let's rather meet. bring the nice bottle of wine and the candle for the host. That's what you'd rather do. And there's nothing yes. wrong with that. Yeah, it is a lot of pressure. I mean, my preference is not like if I host a dinner party 
um, or any kind of anything like that that's above five people, I usually bring like a chef in if I can, or I'll cater or I'll order Postmates. You know, it depends on like how formal it is because I want to enjoy it myself. I like being in the kitchen when I'm cooking for like Josh and I, or just a couple close friends, because for me, it's therapeutic and I don't always use recipes. Like I don't use like measurements. I just cook really? with my feelings. So sometimes you're like, oh, this was too much of this, or, you know, it needs more flavor. And, you know, then you're not like embarrassed when you have 12 people waiting for your, your dinner to be served. What's your favorite thing to cook? And I also read that you say that your French burger is better than In-N-Out. That's like a very strong claim. Well, it I mean, is. It, it, from all, for those of us that live on the East Coast that don't have In-N-Out burger on a daily basis or weekly or monthly, it's hard. In-N-Out is iconic. It's iconic. It has its specific flavors and textures. But the French burger, if I could, could have like a food truck that just served the French burgers, you know, with like the Diet Coke and the shake or a regular Coke, people are like Diet Coke. Um, I think they would, I think they would sell out. It's my, my dad said created. I mean, it's a cheeseburger, but he would make them frequently, almost like every Friday night when he got home from work and he called them French burgers just because he put them on a French roll. Right. But there's something about using like that high uh, fat content, ground beef, Velveeta cheese, which half the people, it's, it's how it all comes together, right? So the the high fat content ground beef, the Velveeta cheese, the French roll, and then you take the French roll and you grill it like in like the grease of the the burger. And really that's all my dad would do. Right. And then you do the secret sauce on it or whatever. And then the the French rolls all greasy and hot and crispy. It all goes together. uh, It is. I'm not going to say that, but it is, it's a, it's a party in your mouth. It it? is. It you can is, say whatever you want. It is so good. It is. It's just every single bite is delicious. What's Josh's favorite thing that you cook? He always says it's. Um, I think it's osobuco that he likes, but I've only cooked like three times. That's not um, easy to make. I mean, I'm not even a cook, and I know that that's like a whole production. He loves like this almond poppy seed bunt cake that I make. Like every time I make it, he it's like it's like my secret thing to bring to someone's house. I've like perfected it in a way where it's never dry. It always tastes good. And every time I make it, it goes, thanks, thanks. Great. Now I'm going to have a piece every day. So he likes that. Um, and I mean, he loves my dad's French burger too. So simple. See high end, low end. Yeah. Hello. Hamburgers and Hermes. <laughs> do you, well, yes. Do you, do you love like the spontaneity of Josh? Like we all know, like Josh will come in and want to fly you off to France for the weekend. And you know, Mr. Flag has his, let's just get up and go. Like, is that great? Or are you just like, sweetie, I have, I can't, I have something to do now. Like, yeah, you know, it's like an ebb and flow with it. It's there, there's times I check myself and I'm like, listen, would you rather have a boring life? Like, you know, where, cause I, you know, for me, when I'm in a routine, that's my routine. Like when I was nine to five and all of that, I just had a, a normal life. I traveled only a few times a year and whatever. So with Josh, it can get exhausting and I'll tell him that I'm like, yes, I have all of these deals coming up that I have to be here for. No, you can. You can have one of the assistants do it. I'm like, I'm not you. I don't want to be in Paris while I have all these escrows going on. Because then what if something gets messed up and then my client hates me? And he's just always like, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. So it's fun because it keeps you young. But sometimes it can create a little friction because he's like, just be more spontaneous. And I'm like, you just stay home more. <laughs> so, you know. Does he like to go out at night more than you? Yes. He would be out every, he kind of is now that everything's opening back up, but he would be at dinner every single night, seven days a week. I just can't do that. 
it's not it's not I'm not meant for that life you like being home I like being home I mean we have a beautiful home but you know even when I was in my tiny little studio apartment when I was in college I still made that home I like being home with like you know a good glass of wine I like the fireplaces the candles a couple good friends like I like that engagement better entertaining at home than being in a noisy restaurant where a ton of people are coming up to you and you don't get any intimate time with your friends so do you ever get starstruck? I mean, you know, you've been in LA for a while. You're having Melissa Rivers. I mean, you know, and Kathy Hilton at your house. I mean, you know, then there's like the grand stars like Madonna and Cher and oh. could go on. Right. Like the guy, yeah. like, are you the type that gets starstruck? And like, do you ever have a moment like, this is my life. Like I have candy spelling, like sitting at the next table and this is my party. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, but I'm also aware, listen, it's, it's not like I'm a single guy and this all happened because it's just me. I'm so great. So I'm aware that, you know, Josh is very well connected. I get more starstruck when I create my own friendships with them and there's an interest in me. And I'm like, oh, well, this is this little boy from Pacifica's friends. I'm not going to name drop them now, but like these certain people. So I get starstruck when it's somebody that reminds me of like my childhood, you know, like that I would watch growing up, like with like my mom or something of that nature. Like even Tori Spelling, who we're friends with, you know, my mom was obsessed with her on 90210. So just those things like, God, I wish my mom was still around because she would die for that. Or, well, that was a, that was a funny, ironic thing I just said. But um, like, obviously we met, not obviously, I got starstruck when we met Mariah Carey at the Polo Lounge. I was like, oh, like just embarrassed myself. I didn't run up to her, Josh did. But when I started talking to her, I started crying. I'm like, why am I crying? But it was just everything that she had meant to me all kind of came together in that one moment. And I was very much starstruck. I cried when I met Cher. I've met Cher four times. And on the third time I broke down crying and she's like, I don't, you've met me twice. Why now? And I'm like, I I don't know, but I can't handle this. So she's, I hear she's really sweet when you meet her. Like, see how I'm tearing up now. It's like share is share. Like, you know, I mean, yeah. I know it's like, it's just what you would expect from share. She's so share. I don't know how else to say it. She's and iconic. she, she's iconic, you know, like she doesn't really want you to cry. Like you don't really have, but you're just, she understands it and just, you get over it. Like, sure. I, I mean, it's such a, hey, listen, if someone were crying in front of me, I'd be like, I don't know what to do either. So I get it, but she's like, yes. Because even when they know they're so successful or so visible and famous and, you know, all of that, they still feel like themselves. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) Well, that's the the thing. (laughs) Trouble. Sorry. First of all, we love trouble. Well, no, like, it's like what you said, like, when you have, like, your own relationship with them. And, like, I speak to a lot of people on here. It is true. Like, stars, they're just like us. It is true. Like, everyone's a human being. And, like, you really connect with the people you authentically connect with. Like, I believe that. Mm-hmm. I do believe though, like with share, like there's just certain people that have that something where you're just like, you understand why they're a superstar. You're like, you just have that extra it factor. They, they have that thing. Like they always say, like, you can be talented, you can be connected, but longevity is like, you just have something that you can't explain. They just have it. And it's what totally. you gravitate towards. And for you, that's share. For me, it's Mariah. Does Josh know Mariah? Is that why he went up to her at the Polo Lounge or he just decided I'm Josh Flagg and if I want to say hi to Mariah, I'll go say hi to her? Basically, I mean, it was when we first, he doesn't know her. Um, When we started dating, you know, that's when we were like kind of having our deep conversations all the time. And so I kind of told him like why she meant a lot to me. I was like, I'm not just, you know, like, cause he'd be like, are you just like every other gay that just loves like their queen? I was like, first of all, there's nothing wrong with that, right? We all need somebody to like kind of look up to. I'm like, no, she writes her own music. And there was a song that she had written that kind of like 
redirected my life. And I've just been, you know, kind of like a fanatic since then. And so we were sitting uh, at the polo lounge with um, Hillary at the time, who works with him. And I like I'm facing the door. And then I just I see a, a big bodyguard walk in. And then I just like like this stunning supermodel, like just walks in. I go, I hit Josh super hard. It was like a reflex. I go, it's Mariah Carey. And he's like, what? Ow, what? He's like, what the fuck? And I was like, it's Mariah Carey. He goes, no, it's not. I go, it's Mariah Carey. So he looks, he's like, oh my God, it's Mariah Carey. So she sits behind us in her booth and she was like, well, she was with somebody. She had security at the other table and then her manager at the time. He's like, you're going to go say hi to her. I go, are you crazy? You don't just walk up to Mariah Carey and ruin her lunch or whatever. He's like, I'm going to do it. So he did it. He walked up to her. Hi, I'm Josh Flagg. I, he said, hi, I'm Josh Flagg. I used to live in the hotel. And she was like, me too. Uh, and they started talking. He's like, listen, my fiance's a big fan. You've changed his life. Um, and she was like, bring him on over. So I was petrified to walk over, but I did. I walked over and I said, I'm sorry to interrupt and blah, blah, blah. And then I told her, you know, what she meant to me. And I started crying and she shed a little tear. And it was like, a, I mean, it was a good moment. I mean, brownie points for Josh. That, well, I mean, I was going to say, like, if you weren't in love at that point, that's what you're like, let's go have the wedding, sweetie. Yeah, I was like, wow, because we weren't even, oh, actually, I wasn't his fiance then, no, we were just engaged, or we were just boyfriends, that was it. Crazy. Do you, did you ever, do you ever hear from someone who, like, slips into your DMs, or you meet them where you're just, like, they're a huge fan of Million Dollar Listing, and you're, like, you know, like, like a Mariah or someone like that, where you're, like, you know who I am, like, you watch this show, anything like I, that? Well, no, no Mariah, but I say just as good. Um, I remember the, one of the first times I got excited. So I love, uh, Southern charm, uh, on Bravo. I don't know if you watch it it's a good, and I love, and I love I, Patricia. I watch it all, honey. I watch it okay. all. Same. Yeah. It's like, so I love Patricia. I think Patricia is iconic. There's, I don't know. She's just phenomenal. And I would always comment on her things or when I was cooking, I would say, I just imagine I'm in Patricia's house drinking this tea. And she, um, like slid into the DMs. She's like, you're, you're so adorable or something. You will you'll have to come over when this is all over for a, a cocktail. And I was like, like screenshotted everything. I sent it to like AJ and Jason. I was like, can you believe this? This is like, this is like my dream BFF. And so that to me was, and that to me was like amazing. And then since then it's like chefs that I admire. I'm like, what are they, why are they DMing me or, you know, whatever, but it's, it's crazy to even think about that. Well, you're following in her footsteps. She has her caftans and you have your apron. So tell us about these new aprons. Oh, and how did that aprons. come about? And how did you decide that this was something you wanted to pursue? It, uh, it's well, it's, it started by accident, but it was really, I was, um, my mom was the first person to teach me how to cook. She was my first best friend. And it was around the holidays, I think in November ish, maybe even October. And it's always weighs heavy on me when the holidays hit, not, you know, she's passed. I've made, you know, I've kind of come to terms with that, obviously, what else are you going to do? But it's just always a little heavier around the holidays because she was such, you know, she was so exuberant about it. It was just, she loved, she gave me my love for it. Um, And I was in the kitchen cooking, trying to make something. And I always have like a picture usually next to her, like next to the stove, you know, just so I can look at her and be like, shit, mom, I'm I'm messing this up or whatever. Because she was the same way. She didn't really follow a recipe. And I was like, my mom used to always say, shit, fuck, damn. No matter what. I mean, it was just, she didn't just say fuck or shit. It was like, shit, fuck, damn, this is good. Or shit, fuck, damn, this is horrible. And my friend Tori's very artistic. So I was like, okay, I want to have like an apron or something of that nature that has like this saying on it. Because I think 
it will make me feel closer to her or it will make me laugh if I'm, if I'm sad in the kitchen, whatever. It's just going to make me feel like I'm with my mom. And so I asked her, can you make me an apron? And she said, yeah, sure, of course. And she made it. And as soon as I got, I was like, oh, this is everything I wanted. And I wore it on one of the episodes. And then we had like hundreds of DMs of people that wanted it. And so I just thought about it. I was like, you know, my mom didn't have a ton of confidence in herself. Uh, and I just thought, how crazy would it be to create something from like her saying that she used to always say and her friends would make fun of her for it. And let's hope they sell out. And then it's kind of like, a, for me, like a little closure, like, see, mom, like, you know, you're successful even in the afterlife, you know, not to make it so deep because it is a funny apron, but it has a lot of meaning behind it for me. I love it. Well, maybe you'll go into another saying next and this will become a whole Bobby Boyd line of aprons. I would like to make some funny things for the kitchen, you know, because a lot of people want the chic kitchen, which I love. And I like that too, but why not have some stuff that make you laugh? Why did, not? Did you and Josh have to, you know, we know that he loves old Hollywood glamour. I know it's probably, we saw it not easy to get him to move out of a hotel. No, no. Was it like, did you guys go through a whole, you know, like, I like modern, you don't like modern. Like, how'd you decide on your home decor? Is this the, <sighs> that I know. was hard. No, uh, it, I'm okay. He's very specific and wants to have it all his, his way. Right. Which is fine. Um, I also have an aesthetic that I like, but I'm not married to it. It's not You're like, not. it's like, I have to have this. I have to have that. I just have to have some of the things so that I can still feel like it's my space too. I would sense. say, I would say long story short, we realized that when we move into homes that we have to separate the rooms, meaning because, because he is who he is, you know, I give him all the, or we agree that he gets all the formal rooms, right? Entry, formal dining, formal living, whatever. And then I get, you know, the other rooms. And that way we're both able to, you know, indulge in our passions, which we both love interior design. We both love making a house at home. We just have different ways of doing that. I want chic, but comfort. He wants Betsy Bloomingdale meets, uh, uh, what's the other one he likes? Oh, I forgot the guy's name already. Uh, he buys all of his furniture. When it but, gets to the old school, I'm a little lost myself. See, yeah, because I like the accents of like an antique or, or something that's great. You do. But I, I don't like that to be, you know, the palette. Like, I, like our rooms are so different, but they, they can... They, they can they can blend a little bit. But I like you know. the modern, modern. What's Tori Spelling like? As one of your friends. Amazing. A lot of energy. I mean, she's really cool. Like uh, to have all the kids she has. I mean, I couldn't, I'd be, first of all, I'd be 500 pounds. I'd probably be in a psych ward. It's a lot to be a parent and to still work as much as she does. So I was surprised when I first met her, like how down to earth she was and, and fun and funny. And she's very open about her life, which she is, which I think is great because we have some other friends that, you know, have kind of gone up and down in their career and they still kind of uh, hold on to the past and then treat you as so, if that makes sense, where I'm like, what do you mean? They like look down on you. Well, it's a little bit of of that, but then a little bit of, Oh, I can't share that with you because of such and such. And I'm like, for me, I don't care if you work at Starbucks, if you're unemployed or if you're a number one selling female recording artist, you know, if you're in my home or I'm in your home and we're having a conversation, if it's not authentic, then it, it does nothing for me. I don't need to have a friend just to have a friend, you know? Right. So I was surprised that she was just so down to earth and you didn't feel like you couldn't ask her anything. Cause I wouldn't feel that way with, you know, one of my other best friends. I wouldn't feel like I couldn't, Hey, how was your day? Oh, you had a shitty day. What happened? You know? 
So Tori, I, I really like that about her. What about Sonia Morgan, who was just out visiting you guys? Longest house guest we've ever had, but she is also very different when she's off camera. Sweet, big heart. She she's like a mom first, and I know that sounds like so cheesy or corny. You know, I'm I swear I'm not. You know trying to build it up. But I was, I have only known her when we go out in New York and it's usually, it's a fun time when we all get drunk and, you know, you guys like going to the townhouse. Yeah. Shenanigans. It's, it's crazy. There's nothing wrong with a little townhouse. Listen, oh, I know Josh loves it there. Josh loves it there. He loves it. So having her here and like our home was different, but uh, you know, it was a lot of, it was a lot of fun. She's high energy. She's without high alcohol. energy without alcohol. Yes. If you were going to sell this lovely house of yours and Josh had no say and you cannot use Josh, would you hire Mr. Altman, the Brits, David or James or Tracy Tudor or Frederick? Oh God. See, it's like Sophie's choice. I would say, can you guys do a five-way list? Because you know, there's co-lists. I'm like, can you guys all just share it? I would say that I'm, it's really hard. I mean, oh, I don't know. You know what? I'm going to go with my boyfriend. I call him my straight boyfriend. I would go, I would have just James listed. I like James. He's, he's my boyfriend. We like James is a good one to have as a boyfriend. He is. He's, he's a gentleman. He's a lot of fun. We, we used to, before the pandemic, go on like family vacations together over the summer. And so that's like when we, this is not a joke. It's hilarious. We check into hotels and you know, whoever was greeting us would they would give uh, Valeria and I a key and say, welcome. And they'd give Josh and James a key. They thought they were a couple. And it's happened more than once. Really? Yeah. And I, I'm like, listen, I'll take Valeria as my wife any day. My dad would be really proud. He'd say, right? <laughs> you did it. That is hilarious. Right? I-, I could see that. It's maybe because like James is like more Josh's height. Maybe. Maybe. Uh... They, both, they, they, they both dress well on vacation and and james probably loves that oh yeah i mean he's traveling with him is amazing because he's like a kid at heart and so everything excites him you know everything's amazing and it's just the energy is is great it helps that he doesn't drink so he's never hung over like all of us but um it's so much fun what about are these open houses that we see on the show i mean do you have a different style? Like, are these open houses necessary? All these over-the-top open houses? They're very fun to watch. Yeah, no, they're not necessary because the house will sell regardless. What's great about it is, you know, if you're breaking the fourth wall, of course, when you're filming a show, you're not just going to, you're not going to film something boring. Everybody wants to watch something entertaining. And it, it, in real life, there are big events that do happen at these open houses or to um, spread the word about a new listing and things like that. And to get creative with it, it's all marketing dollars and it all works. Um, So I say it is necessary because we all want to see something. We all want eye candy. um, And it really does give, you know, that property a name. It gives it like a presence in the community. So do you ever get, cause I mean, to me, that's why I love watching any real estate show, like million dollars thing. Like the properties are so, and I understand you have a lot of business. They're not all like that, but like, right. do you ever get like jaded? You know what I mean? Like we've seen you're in these homes or are you just like, every time you have a new listing, like, oh my God, this is gorgeous. I, I, I love a lot of uh, many different types of houses. So for me, I'm always excited just to see, like, we just went into, I think it was listed for maybe two and a half million, right. Which is not cheap by any means, but not what we see all the time, like working with Josh, but it was a house that hadn't been touched since the sixties. 
everything was from the 60s, a very glamorous family that I was like, this is phenomenal. Like looking at the wallpaper and the way it was set up still the same way, just how formal they used to entertain. So for me, that's really cool. Or if you go into like a really like a sexy, chic, modern, you know, house, like with a view that never gets old ever. Never gets old. Is there any housewife house that you have like house envy of? Like Ooh. past or present? Like if you look at, I guess like Beverly Hills, I'm thinking just because that's where you live. Um, I actually, I, both of them. I love Kyle and Mauricio's homes. Both of the one that they had like originally on the show that I think they're renting out now to, to Sutton. Yeah. Uh, but their home in uh, Encino, I think it's, it has a great history. It's a beautiful lot. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a gorgeous home. It's the kind of home I would want to live in. It's, I mean, it's big. So I don't know if I might be a little scared of that, but it's so... For me, it's very homey. Like, that's what I like. I like a house like that. As we, final few questions, if they were ever to cast like a gay version of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, would you, <laughs> who would you like to put yourself forward? Yeah, why not? Listen, I have envy of them when they're filming because it, it's not that you get paid, but it's like you are forced. I don't know if it's forced, but it's basically like you have a reason to hang out with your friends or you have a reason to go do a dinner party or go on a trip or whatever and it looks like they have a ton of fun right so sure why not like why not like have a whole different chapter of your life and you do get paid and when you're there for like 10 years like a Kyle Richards or like a Rinna who's been there you get paid very well that's why I'm always like why do these housewives walk away that's to me it's like free money if you're just sharing your life like well Bobby I don't think most of them walk away on their own volition you think they get most of them yes Okay. Well, that's fair enough. I ask all of them why they left and they give me an answer. And then I'm like, you're the ones I believe. Yeah. Most of them, I think are not walking away. I can't walk away from, I'm like my aunt Flo. Like I'm a hustler. Like I'll say yes to everything. I'm like, yeah, I'll go do that. Yeah. I'm totally the same way. Like literally I, well, you know what it is? I believe like whatever you think is not really going to lead to anything. It's like the small little whatever that leads to huge things. I've seen it on this show where I've had like guests on and I'm like, Bob, and then someone's like, do you want like Tori Spelling or like a Janice Dickinson? And I'm like, uh, just from having you on it's So it's like the little things I think lead to big things. So I feel like you should never say no to anything. Truly believe Absolutely. that. Yeah. I say yes to it all. Unless it's porn. I say no to that. You know, not, you're a, good when you're not a good look when you're married. <laughs> Maybe when you're 21, you could have, but <laughs> yeah. Do you watch that other brilliant real estate show? No competition to Million Dollar Listing, Selling Sunset. So good. I have it. I will say I have a straight man crush on the brothers. That's they're, they're very that's attractive. A, they are. Um, I didn't know this, but uh, the listing that I had, I had some work done on it uh, ahead of time. And one of the guys that's on it, I think his name is Roman. Romaine or Roman. Yes. Uh, he's, he's very attractive as well. So I hear the show is amazing i hear like it's it's like binge worthy and all of that but i have never seen it it's adam Devella who did the hills and laguna beach so it feels like that little less okay. transactional more other stuff but there's transactions and there's real estate porn and you know so do you love it love it okay, i listen watch it then. You, you would love it you would love it it's and i mean okay. there's the brothers and then there's these real estate agents and they're all like a size zero and negative zero not that i'm supporting that i'm just saying like it adds to the like, how is this show cast? And are these people really working here? But they're, they're all agents. So it's just kind yeah. of funny. They're really closing deals. As we wrap up, do you and Josh want kids? You mentioned Tori's five kids. 
We well, we do. It's uh, it's an ongoing conversation. Uh, I would like to have had them by now. Josh has always been very blunt. He's like, not until at least I'm 40. So we both had the agreement where we'd have that conversation when it came. Uh, so I mean, I would love. I have a lot of godchildren, yeah. funny yeah. enough, and uh, nephews. So for me, um, I still get that that fix. Like I'm going next week to go see them in Texas. One day. What about what can you tell us about the new season of Million Dollar Listing? You're filming uh, now. It's going to be amazing. It's, you know, Frederick is on this season. Um, Josh and Josh, I think people see on Instagram or, you know, have kind of created a little friendship. It's uh, amazing properties and it's, it's going to be very entertaining. I can't wait. Tell us where we can find you, where everyone can find these amazing aprons, where we can watch your YouTube channel. Tell everyone everything. Well, plug all everything. The, all of the platforms are streamlined now. So it's all Bobby Boyd Living. So you see Bobby Boyd Living on YouTube. Uh, same thing with TikTok and Instagram. And then the aprons are being sold. Uh, shop.bobbyboydliving.com. Um, they're all doing pre-orders right now. We'll probably get them sent out in the next couple of weeks. And, you know, that's it. Do you want to be the next male Martha Stewart? Yes. I was saying yesterday. I was like, I want to be like the, the next gay Martha Stewart. And they're like, well, she's already gay. I mean, not really gay, but you know, cause she's just so perfect to everything. She's I'm a like, gay yeah. icon. I'm like, yes, sign me up if I can. I mean, I have steep competition out there, but whatever, you know, I'll be the little engine that could, I'll just keep chugging along and see, see where I can go. I think you can do it. When the season comes back, you need to come on, chat with us again. Absolutely. I would love to come back. Thank you for having me. We'll talk about lots of other things. The aprons are amazing. Everyone needs to check them out. I really appreciate you taking your time. Say hi to Mr. Flag for me. Thank you for having me. Trouble, say bye. Trouble, you are the star of the show, the star of the Instagram. He, he says, thank you very much. He's always told me that and I just I, didn't listen. Tell Trouble, thank you so much. But I will. Definitely keep in touch. Have a good day. Thank you for having me on and we'll speak when the season airs. Anytime and I'll DM you when this is coming out. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on Apple Podcasts under Behind the Velvet Rope. And when you're done subscribing, feel free to leave a five-star write-up review because the write-up reviews actually count. We read each and every one of them. We post the best ones and the reviews really help our shows keep going. And we really appreciate everything you guys say, especially the positive ones. And if you want to find us online, we're at Behind Velvet Rope on Instagram. We are at David Yontef on Instagram. We're behind the Velvet Rope on Apple Podcasts. Or head on over to Patreon, because you know what? There are just some things we can't talk about here. So for our bonus episodes, go to Patreon and type in Behind the Velvet Rope. And if you still aren't sick of me and you want more David, go to Cameo and book me on Cameo. And you can ask me anything there. I'll answer whatever you want. And I have a bargain basement price of $10. Thank you guys. See you soon.